Cameron looked out over the fall-bitten forest. The sun was setting over the treetops. He leaned up against his Jeep cruiser, blocking the National Park Service emblem painted on its side. They would be closing the roads soon. Wrangell St. Elias was a mammoth of a park in Alaska. Over 12,000 square miles of blank land. The wind blew, and Cameron could hear geese overhead quacking as they flew southbound. That night, he lay back staring up to the top of his blue tent and slowly fell asleep. He awoke to pitch darkness in his tent, but a palm pressed into the side, dragging itself horizontally along the fabric toward the hatch. Silently, Cameron reached down to his left, but it was empty. His belt, flashlight, gun, and everything else was gone. A click sound from outside, and what looked like a circular light through the blue vinyl of his tent. He was sure that was his flashlight. The pressed palm led its way down toward the first zipper and began to pull the hatch open. I'm Tasha Wheelhouse, and this is Copper Shock. I wrangled my fingers on the hospital blanket, took a deep breath, and began to tell my story to the park ranger sitting next to my bed. Sir, to begin my story, I was out with my friends. We'd been doing camping trips at Zion National Park for years. First, our parents would take us up, but now that we were old enough, they had no problem with us going on our own. I wanted to get in my last little hike before the sun totally went down for the night. Tommy offered to come with me because, well, it's, it's smart to have a buddy system. The hike over to the edge wasn't so bad, but everyone else just wanted to stay at the campsite to wait for dinner. By the time Tommy and I reached the cliffside, the sun was slowly lifting up from the ground. The back of my neck was getting sunburned and I could tell. Tommy was below me about ten feet. He and I just started talking and making plans about next summer until Tommy put his weight somewhere bad. I heard the cliff face crack and shift. When I looked down, Tommy lost his grip and began to fall, tumbling over himself. My heart skipped a beat watching him. Thankfully, he grabbed the edge again, sliding his heels against the rocks and bushes. The broken off side of the cliff tumbled below, leaving a huge trail of dust as it dominoed over other rocks on its way down. I looked underneath my feet where I had just been climbing, and a gigantic chunk of the wall was completely gone. I sat there, staring down at Tommy, who now had a twenty-foot gap on me. I called down to Tommy to see if he was alright. He said his hand was bleeding and his wrist was sprained, but he was basically fine. I had nowhere to go but up on the rock face. Reaching the edge, I thought, what luck, because I was standing next to a stamped out trail in the dirt. I called to Tommy and I said, hey, there's a trail up here. I'll follow it down and meet you back at camp. Tommy gave me this look of, you idiot, we don't split on hikes. I eventually convinced him that it was worse for me to climb down a rock face that was obviously unstable, and clearly an impossible idea for him to climb up with an injured wrist. Soon as Tommy was gone, I turned my heel to start walking down the trail. I saw no signs to indicate if I was headed toward the end 
for the start of the trail. I kept walking through the sand as it wound up and down between hills and, and crags. I got out my pocket flashlight when the sun finally set. The park ranger grunted, looking down at his pad and paper, shifting in his seat next to my bed. My flashlight was pointing that direction as I held it in my mouth to tie my shoelaces back up. Saw what? The ranger looked up from his pad, waiting for my answer. A staircase. He then sighed and looked back to his paper and pen. No, you don't get it. Copy and paste it out of some old Victorian home that it looked brand new, and it was in the middle of nowhere. I got curious and decided to walk over. I remember looking at the steps and thinking that they didn't have any red dirt on them. That's impossible. The desert wind rolls that stuff everywhere. With my hand on the railway, I had the strangest sensation of being shocked. It made zero sense I was touching wood. And at the top, the view was, was gorgeous. A whole section of Zion's Park I don't think I've ever seen before. It was like looking at a God-created painting in a gallery with all the lights turned off. It was then I felt something wet on my arm, like a drop of rain, but when I went to wipe it off I felt it smear in a funny way that didn't feel like water, and my stomach started to feel strange, twisted around in a way. A bird screeched to my left made me jump. Raising my flashlight toward the sound, I saw the back of some guy. Can you describe him? The officer looked at me intently when he asked this. He had his hands in his pockets, a red hoodie drawn up over his head, boots. The way he stood was with his feet apart. I looked down to my arm where the smear was, and it was blood. A long red streak of it across my forearm. Like when you wipe your face and then you realize you have a bloody nose? I pointed my flashlight above me. A gigantic hawk was pinned up into a Joshua tree. Wings spread out. Its middle was cut out, letting all of its insides hang. I turned to face the guy again, and he was standing closer to me. His hands were in his pockets. His feet spread apart, and his back facing me. I didn't even hear him move in the half second I didn't look at him. I blinked, and then he was right in front of me, hands in his pockets, feet apart, back toward me. I turned to run and he grabbed my arm hard, which made me drop my flashlight. The glass lens broke, popping the bulb inside of it, and everything went dark. What did he look like? I didn't see him. I lied to the officer. I tripped and fell back. I saw him take a step toward me. Scrambling, I finally got myself up. I bounded down its steps, three at a time. Granted, it was dark, but my eyes adjusted to the moon. I could see most of the landscape. I panicked, not taking time to find the trail because I heard that bird screech above me. I started to run, ducking about brushes and feeling sand weighed inside the heel of my shoes. Reaching a cliffside, I could see what looked like campfire pits in the distance. I was on the verge of tears, waiting for it to come back. Him, I mean. I began to scream, help, help, down into the valley. And that's when the search and rescue volunteer found me. The ranger closed his pad and leaned in. Miss, 
You didn't tell me everything, did you? I'd rather just forget about the whole thing, okay? The ranger sighed and leaned back into his chair. He had a weary frown on his face, fear mixed with pity. I'm going to ask you something, and it'll sound strange. It's best you don't mention the staircases again to anyone. Why? I looked at him. You weren't gone for three hours. You were gone for four days. We all expected you to be dead. I looked at him shocked. I couldn't understand what he was saying. He then looked at me, crossing his arms. You want to tell me what he looked like now? Okay, just don't write it down. He put his hands up as if I surrender and crossed them again. Before I dropped my flashlight, I saw him, but I didn't see him. His face was blank, hazed over like a soft stretch of skin that had been stapled around his face. No nose, mouth, but his eyes were these indents of misted black. The last screech of that bird I heard, I knew, came from him. The ranger nodded sympathetically and tapped my foot with his writing pad. Yours isn't the first story I've heard. You saw the wandering man. He sighed, looking out the window. A few years ago, we had a young girl go missing. Her shoes were found one place, but the rest of her was lodged in a cave asleep, about five miles away. When we found her, she told us the hazy man took care of her feed and her berries. The girl, in all honesty, should have died of dehydration. The staircases all look different when you see them. Some are even carpeted. He smiled, and then it quickly went away. I don't understand them. We don't talk about them, as they are more or less a bad omen. Evil. Do you understand? I nodded, but it sounded so crazy. I'll give you another one. A ranger under me a couple years back said he saw a man standing at the top of an edge while he was doing rounds alone. Told me he thought it looked like some hiker who fancied himself to be some kind of mountain goat and got himself stuck. But when he got out of his truck, the wandering man was up the road from him, and not at the top of the mount where he knew that he saw him. Now there's no way on this good green earth a human could have moved that quickly and quietly. At least, that's a story he told me before he resigned. There's more stories, but I'll ask you the same that I asked that ranger before he left. Keep this one to yourself, for your sake and for others. What others? I wish I could explain more, but I really can't. Promise me you'll keep this one quiet. His warning was chilling, but from what he was telling me, it wasn't totally unwarranted. Tommy then appeared in the door with a huge bouquet and a get-well card. The ranger smiled at him and said, Ah, here he is. This young man worked for hours looking for you. Said he felt pretty responsible for you going missing. Have a good night. The ranger shook Tommy's hand and walked out the door. I felt lightheaded, and while I was happy to see Tommy again, I was distracted the whole time thinking about the ranger and his warning to me. I'd been gone for four days? To this day, in hiking, I've never found a strange staircase again. And according to the ranger, 
that's a good thing. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you enjoyed this as I release stories here weekly at Coppershock. If you'd like to reach out to us here at the channel, our email is submissions at coppershock.com. That's submission with an S. Please check out any additional information on our Coppershock website at www.coppershock.com. Coppershock is also proud to announce the launch of joining Patreon. Please go on to patreon.com, search for Coppershock to see any additional member benefits, such as PDF transcripts of stories, exclusive monthly recordings, and hard copy story collections. These stories are copyright of Coppershock and produced by me, Tasha Wheelhouse. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.